in the red. You can't park there, sir. Shut the fuck up, you cunt. <laughs> Previewing sound drops <laughs> by just saying them out loud. That's so tacky. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut all this out. Cut all this out. Cut it out. Cut it out. You cut it out. <laughs> no, leave it in. Leave it in. I want everybody to see. I want you to see it. I want everybody to see. Bolt. Everybody just gets the finished product all the time. Yeah. And this they is just the raw stuff. They just assume there's work. This takes work. <laughs> A little work. <laughs> okay. It's Listen, so I have I have dealt with anger issues throughout my life growing up. Let me get real now. Okay. Bring it down. I was like, okay, got it. Bring, <laughs> bring the levity down yeah. a little bit. But as I've gotten older, I let, I'm, I've gotten better at letting shit slide. People say something to me. I'm like, you know what? Just let that shit slide. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you right now, there is something that happened to me. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast. Maybe I did. But it was about a year ago mm-hmm. when COVID was going real strong. I went to the Chinese food restaurant and I was waiting out in the little sectioned off lobby area where you had to wait for them to come and bring your food. Yeah. And a dude cut in front of me in line. And he did it in such a weird way, and it happened so fast. And she immediately, like when he stepped up, was like, oh, what's your order? And got his order before mine. And the rage I felt, like the thoughts I had were of grabbing his food and slamming it on the ground. Dark, dark thoughts. Hurting him. Yeah, Yeah. like doing horrible things. And I'm telling you right now, truthfully, that my anger has not subsided one iota (laughs) since that day. Still for this Anytime I think about him, I think about... Going up to him and being like, hey, you cut in front of me like a year ago at a line for a Chinese restaurant. I'm about to hurt you in some way. I uh, I got unduly angry in the the, the drive through line at Ming's the other day because I called in my oh, order. Yeah. That, and that can happen if somebody sits at it. Well, so they were pl- somebody was playing and there was a really long line. That you don't formed. go in the truck. Yeah, I go in the truck. You can get you can get in that line in the truck. Yeah. Do you have to like go all the way around the Kroger and then I do go all the way around. I was about to say I could get I could I could go back though and turn around. Like I could twenty it's, point turn. It's not no, it'd be fine. It'd be all fine. Right. It'd be fine. Especially, I mean that's a there's a wide area back behind there, yeah. especially to turn around in. But no, I I'd I'd come all the way around from the Kroger because like I like to come from that direction anyway, because usually the line forms the from the direction of the Kroger. Yeah. Like it doesn't form the other way because that's just like basically goes to a dead end Mm -hmm. and but there was somebody who had come from that direction yeah and there was a big truck in front of them like a moving truck but i could see that they had gotten there before me so i wanted to let them in front of me because like they had been waiting behind this truck the truck was just waiting for one car that was like blocking the the what would be the oncoming traffic lane okay like they were just too far but when they pulled forward i let the truck go the big moving truck and then this other car was there but he was like I don't know if it's time for me to go. And I, so I tried to, like, I rolled my window down. And what I was going to ask, I wanted to ask him, like, hey, did you call ahead or are you going to order at the window? I was like, because if you're ordering at the window, then I'm going to go ahead of you because I've, like, they're just going to, I'm just going to pay him and they're going to give me my food. Yeah. But, like, I, like, I roll my window down, I stick my head out, and I'm, like, waving at him. And I'm giving him, like, the roll down the window sign. And it's this older guy in in a, in a in a super outback, and he like will not roll his window down. And I was just like, "What? Yeah, like." Well, and then he like starts inching forward, and I was just like, "Okay, I was gonna ask you if you were gonna order at the window or if you were picking up, 
But like now, like you're d- ignoring me, like I'm a fucking like vagrant hobo yeah. on an off ramp, and that's I do that. You don't do that to me, <laughs> and I do that. Yeah, that's what I do. No, but like I got so mad, and I had to, and then like I had my window down, and I was like, get, I was like, kind of popping off a little bit behind him, like loudly, because like when I rolled my window down and stuck my head out bef- to to try and talk to him, the person behind me was like are you in line? And I was like, yes. Yeah. No, I just hang out. I just yeah. hang out behind this strip mall. Yeah. Just back behind here the with dumpsters, behind it with the dumpsters and yeah. the potholes. I just like to be back here. This is my spot. Oh, you fucking idiot. Yeah. But like, I was just like, yeah. And they were like, well, is he in line? And I was like, shut the fuck up. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying. What are you? Why are you? What are you? Why are you coming in? You're this? not in this. Yeah. This is me and him. Me You're behind either me and so him. Or me or him and me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah. Regardless of the order. No information will help you right You're now. You're still going to be behind us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so, but I'm, so, I'm like, after that, I was just like, well, you're dumb. And this guy is not wanting to talk. I'm just like, literally just trying to fucking have a real quick, pleasant exchange with you yeah. to determine order. And so he like, he goes in front of me. I'm like, okay, it's fine. Yeah. We weren't. I was going to let him go anyway. Yeah. I was like, but I swear to God, if, if you, you go up there and order, I'm going to get out of my car and go talk to you. Like, yeah. But like when he, I, I felt myself like I was trying to calm myself down, but then like mm-hmm. he rolled his window down. As soon as he pulled in front of me, the window came down and there were like two cars ahead of him. So I was like, and my window was still down. So I was just like, oh, now we want to roll the window down. Yeah. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. Real cool. <laughs> And he's just like, mm, just like staring straight ahead. And I see like his, like his, I think his, his wife or girlfriend is next to him. She like puts her hand on him. I was just like, all right. And I just like roll my window up and I play my podcast and I just kind of, I, I found, I just worked on finding peace for the yeah. next 10 minutes. But he did, he had, had luckily had, he had called ahead. Like a, a normal rational person. And I've said this before. Yeah. If you don't call ahead to Ming's, you're a psychopath and I have zero respect for you. Yeah. What are you doing? I don't understand why. You would do that. The go to go line is just so sh- short, and it's just everything gets so congested. If yeah. you don't, you're a piece of shit. And it's gonna take ten minutes. It's gonna you take know it's forever. gonna take ten minutes minimum yeah. because it's always gonna be ready. Yeah, in ten minutes. And I knew that the line was gonna be a little like a, a little bussin. It always is because when I called, he was like, "It'll be fifteen minutes." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, fifteen minutes today. We're busy as hell." Yeah. Cause it's ten minutes without fail. So I was like, "You're gonna go up there and you're gonna you gonna order, and then you're gonna wait ten minutes mm-hmm. to pick up your food because they don't pull you ahead." Now, means. now they are. Now they are. Now they are because yeah. it was a catastrophe when they weren't. Yeah. Now it's they'll a, p- make you go to the parking lot too. Yeah. Like now they're like you can you pull ahead or you have to go to the parking lot. Now they won't let you chill in the line. I mean, if I were running that drive-through line, I'd just be like, "Oh, you're trying to order right now? Get on." I'd be like, "Hey, go." Why don't you go park out there and yeah. then give me a call? Yeah. Like, cause don't, don't be, don't and be then ridiculous. go and get in line. Yeah. Look how tiny, look how <laughs> small this space is. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Show some fucking decorum. Shit. <laughs> and his disrespect for he is pleading the case of the prosecution by his contempt for all that is holy. I object. I object. I object. On what grounds is it possible? That something is holy to the celebrated agnostic? Yes. The individual human mind. In 
a child's power to master the multiplication table. There is more sanctity than in all your shouted amens and holy holies and hosannas. Welcome to Tap Snaps, the podcast that uh, has we has had a cold and then uh, also a cold. Yeah. You had a cold last week. I have. I was sick as fuck. I'm getting over a cold this week. I didn't get like super sick. No, you didn't get nearly as sick as me. But I, I was, I was feeling pretty cruddy for the, the last couple of days of the weekend. I don't know what I got, man, but it, it whooped me. Yeah, it whooped me, and I had to work through it, and that was tough. Yeah, why not? Well, you, days. I mean, you and Aaron had like the same thing, pretty much. She was sick as a dog. Yeah, but she a girl. She they tougher. Like, like I, I'm, I'm like stereotypically soft ass dude when I get sick. I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty soft. I'm pretty soft. I'm soft, boy. <laughs> you are. I you, you, soft. You I make are the, soft. I make the mama call every yeah. time. I'm like, mama, I need some special groceries. <laughs> mama, help me. help me, help me. No, I, uh, I'm soft, but I'll, I'll usually soldier through unless it's like particularly bad. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Aaron is just like, what's the do- what's that damn doctor gonna do? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be tough as fuck about being. Sick. She, I mean, she'll just be like, she'll have like a broken thumb and just be like, what's the doctor gonna do? I'm like, uh, set it and make sure it heals right. She's like, what do I need to move it more than this for? Yeah, it's like you draw. You're an artist. What are you, you talking move about it all the time? You and move- you are so accent prone and just so uncoordinated. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's not stud all over her. She's all not right. here to defend herself, but it's just like, but her, her medical motto is what that damn doctor going to do. What that damn doctor going to do. <laughs> um, but speaking of health insurance, which is, you know, because we live in a capitalist hellscape, uh, oh, shit. inevitably t- like indubitably tied to everyone's employer. Mm-hmm. Let's get into our first article from CNBC. A record 4.3 million workers quit their jobs in August, led by food and retail industries. Oh, a ski. A ski. And, oh, my I God. because there was I a comma and I know how to fucking okay, read, Blake. Just, you will never get me. <laughs> workers left their jobs at a record pace in August, with bar and restaurant employees as well as retail staff quitting in droves, the Labor Department re- reported Tuesday. Quits hit a new series high, going back to December 2000, as 4.3 million workers left their jobs. The quits rate rose to 2.9% in an increase of 242,000 from the previous month, which saw a rate of 2.7%, according to the department's job openings and labor turnover survey. The rate, which is measured against total employment, is the highest in a data series that goes back to December 2000. Quits have been seen historically as a level of confidence from workers who feel they are secure in finding employment elsewhere through labor dynamics, excuse me, though labor dynamics have changed during COVID-19 crisis. Workers have left their jobs because of health concerns and childcare issues unique to the pandemic circumstances. A total of 892,000 workers in the food service and accommodation industries left their jobs, while 721,000 retail workers departed along with 534,000 in healthcare and social assistance. Quote, As job openings and hires fell in August, a quits rate hit a new series high, surging along with the rise in COVID cases and likely growing concerns about working in the continuing pandemic, said Elise Gould, senior economist at the Economic Economic Policy Institute. Uh, COVID cases have been since been on the decline nationally, though some healthcare professionals worry about another rise during the colder months. Job openings also declined sharply in August as hiring fell. Um, and so that I'm, I'm going to stop it right there because the rest of it is super just chock full of statistics mm-hmm. that'll be really hard to digest audibly. But um, 
Yeah, people be people be quitting. Yeah. There's there's like a documented labor movement happening right now. Now it's not getting reported that way in this article. It's just kind right. of this article is just more about the raw data. Mm-hmm. But people it's a con- I think it's a combination of people being con- like like this says in the article, confident that they can get another job. Yeah. They're like if I want to work, I'll just go and work yes. somewhere else and I have my pick of wherever the fuck I want to go. Yeah. And another thing, another part of it which is you know, what something that is a reality, especially for people who are like super customer facing. Like mm-hmm. if you're in healthcare, hospitality, customer service, service, like retail restaurant jobs where you're just like around a bunch of, you know, any, any number of unvaccinated, you know, unmasked ding dongs can walk in. <laughs> Dingleberries. Dingleberries can come in at any time and you just have to interact with them and breathe in their stupid, dumb air. Yeah. And like, I think, a big part of of this labor movement that people aren't really ready to talk about is that a lot of people just don't want to work in those conditions while there's still a fucking pandemic on. Yeah. We've got a we've got a pandemic on. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the kettle. Yeah. Somebody needs to take it off because it's been on for too damn long. Yeah. The the other thing too is just uh from a if, if they reason out logically from, um, you know, a cost analysis, if they did fall sick from COVID, since they do have a pretty high, a higher likelihood than other people because yeah. they're constantly uh, constant exposure, exposure to this shit. Um, all these jobs, a lot of them can't, um, afford, I mean, most jobs really can't afford to be in the hospital for a long period of time. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna, you're gonna pay a pretty penny even yeah. with insurance. Um, yeah. So, it just doesn't make sense. A lot, just like a lot of women, um, not deciding to, or not just women, but a lot of families with children deciding not to return to the workforce, one or both, um, because of childcare and how yeah. expensive that is. And and they break it down, and it's like you're literally working to pay for childcare. That doesn't make any sense. Just stay home then, yeah, and enjoy a much better quality of life. Yeah. Um, well, and also like you think about the type of jobs that these are like not not so much healthcare and social assistance, but even s- some there. But like especially in food service and retail, a lot of these places intentionally keep a, a larger roster of part time employees so that they yeah. ha- avoid having to pay benefits to more right. than like a skeleton crew. So if your job is not get, providing you health insurance, then why would you stay? Yeah. And like, wouldn't it be great if jobs didn't have to provide health insurance? Like if it was, uh, let's say, a national health care that was <laughs> comprehensive and effective. Yeah. I mean, you talk, you and I talked about this the other day. The largest cost for employers is paying premiums on insurance. Like yeah. is paying insurance policies for their workers. It's like double their salary in a lot of cases. Yeah. Well, it essentially doubles the amount. Like you, you're paying somebody oh, a gross double income. Salary, right. But it will du- you then like sometimes up to double that in what you're yeah. going to have to pay for premiums for healthcare premiums for your employees. It's a large part of my contract is yeah. the, how much they pay me for health insurance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, I mean, it's a large part of mine too. Like the, when, and we have a different, I mean, there's different levels that you can pay, but like, I mean, some of the costs is attributed to you on mm-hmm. the back end, but like if you get those, super low deductible health plans, those premiums, like they're paying through the ass for them too. The, the, the employer is. Yeah. So it would, a lot of the times I think it would actually be cheaper for them 
to if every if all of their employees were on a nationalized healthcare plan. Of course, yeah, I think it would be a lot cheaper for them. Yeah, but like they I think they could afford to pay higher wages too. Then for sure, but they don't want to do that because it's uh, having your health insurance tied to your job is a way bigger. I was going to say motivator to, to keep showing up to your shitty dead end and job. nine to fives. Yeah. It's really nine to fives because like, that's really the appeal of a nine to five. Yeah. Right. It's stable. You get the paycheck every two weeks, you get the health insurance. Like you have security in yeah. that way. Like you're never going to be wealthy and you're never going to have no. a lot of free time. No, but you'll never be, you'll never want for like, you know, you'll never be hungry and you'll never want for health insurance and yeah. things like that. You'll be fairly stable. You'll be fairly stable. You free that up. You you make health insurance national, and man, it makes personally in my life who who's trying to move to a more gig based yeah source of income. It would make it. I mean, it would like alleviate tons of anxiety that I have. Yeah, because that's one of the things I'm pretty scared about about leaving the nine to five is losing health insurance. Yeah. Now I've had health insurance on my own before, um, and you know it's expensive, but yeah. uh, you know, it's you know I'm, I might be essential oils and up. I'm just doing <laughs> yoga 20 times a day and only eating wheatgrass. Sucking up on yeah, fucking like, Vicks vapor, vapor Rub. That's right. And getting a humidifier for your room. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, they, it's it's a wild thing Like that, to think that companies are willing to pay that much money to keep it, to yeah. keep it private, to keep I it mean, how, how, how much easier for you to move to a more gig-based? Oh, way easier. Yeah. Or, like, or just like anything, like any kind of like low-wage nine to five person, any kind of like low wage hourly worker. Yeah. The biggest Cause like, honestly I can make probably as much or more than I'm making right now. If I were to just go into like a service job, like a, mm-hmm. a, a night, like a good service job, food service job, mm-hmm. like hospitality job, anything like that, like anything tip based, it'd be feast or famine. But essentially like, yeah, I mean, there are servers out there who can make $60,000 a year. Yeah. Easy. Which, like, for where we live, is pretty good. That's pretty good, yeah. But, like, they don't have health insurance. They don't have health insurance. They don't that's offer right. health insurance Mm-mm. most of the time. Like, and that's the that's the trade-off. It's like you have a low set wage that we probably never raise. Not much. Not, not. They that's have some leeway. They have some leeway, but then you'll hit a cap. That's yeah. what happened with me. It's yeah. like, I, there was a lot of leeway when I came in because I came from a TV station and TV stations. They pay peanuts. Are jokes yeah they're, they're they're a complete joke if you're in production if you're in sales you could make some money yeah um but then again you're in the feast or famine it land. yeah or if you move into like you're on the front side of the camera like you're uh, an anchor yeah reporters they can do better as they move up yeah. to a bigger market but like an anchor can make a pretty decent salary well there's the line right yeah. it's a yeah well yeah i guess it's it's just like production it's above the line yeah and uh so um yeah but Coming from that, I had a huge amount of leeway in yeah. my next job. Because they were like, wait, you want to like, yeah. like, be able to yeah. eat at home yeah. and go to a restaurant in right. the same month? Month? What, <laughs> what you talking about? King of the castle. King, King of the castle. castle. Look at Tarver. Big man Tarver. <laughs> man, I just remember. Yeah, I just remember having a check and just being like, I think I talked to you about it. I was like, man, I am literally broke. At the end of every month. Yeah. Like I was broke at the end of every paycheck. Yeah. And never had any chance to save. Even if I barely didn't eat any, didn't eat out, didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, 
so, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trade-off and we, one that I, I really don't think we should have to make because there's one thing that I super envy about like young workers coming up and young people coming up. And that is the notion of valuing your time more and more. Yeah. And that's kind of starting to infect me a little bit. And I, and I really like it about them. That's one of the things that younger people are doing that I think is like dope as fuck. Like yeah. people in their twenties now getting out of college, going into the workforce, being like one, you're going to respect me mm-hmm. Two, I value my time more than the money that you give me. Yeah. And looking for ways to have more time because I think people again are, I, as a people, I think we're coming better to better grips with the fact that like, Hey, you just really get this one life and you really, you really want to have as be able to enjoy it whatever way you want, as long as you're not hurting people as best you can and retiring at 67 sounds shitty. Ain't it? It ain't it. And uh, you know, like I, I love the, the notion of, of traveling uh, more frequently. I, I, I don't, I don't think you should have to wait till you're old to see certain places. Yeah. So there's a lot of shit that they do. And, and that kind of ties back into this article is like, I, I like that these, these young folks are being like, you know what? We're unemployment's working for me right now. Maybe I'm cultivating new skills. Maybe they're, you know, working towards something. Maybe they're like going to school online. Maybe they're writing a book, maybe whatever they're doing. Yeah. And they're saying when, when the unemployment runs out, I'm not worried. Maybe they are worried, but they're saying I can get a job again. Like you said earlier. Yeah. Like in a second, I can get a job again. And I like that. I like bringing that power. It, yeah. And we're only talking about on the lowest level right now. Yeah. Well, see, but that, that's like when I, the a great analogy that I saw was like, like some basically you're going up to to the the checkout counter in a store with a ba- with a bag of chips that cost three dollars and you're like hey um i only want to pay one dollar for this bag of chips and they're like oh no you can't have it it's like you're you're not experiencing a chip shortage right like there are chips you're just not willing to pay the amount that the chips are worth so you can't have them like yeah. it's not a, it's, it's a false co- construct. Like there are people. Yeah. It's not like everybody just collectively decided. Like I don't want to, to work, work yeah. anymore. You pay for everything that I do all the time because I'm a little prince. No, like they just. It's like oh hey, um, y'all can afford to pay me more. Yeah, and my time is worth more. So let's just see how it goes. Like, let's see. A lot of us feel this way. Mm-hmm. Let's see how high we can get it. Yeah. Because I know it's a shitload higher than we have right now. Right. <laughs> and I'm for him, man. Yeah. Keep pushing that shit. Yeah. Speaking of, of the line mm-hmm. and, and, and of pushing it, uh, from Variety, IATSE says studios refusing to do what is needed to avoid a strike. <clears throat> Leave reads. An official with IATSE told members on Tuesday that the studios are refusing to make the necessary concessions to avoid a strike, although negotiations are still underway. Kathy Rapola, the National Executive Director of the Motion Picture Editors Guild, told members in an email on Tuesday that the pace of the talks is quickening and that the timetable continues to be, quote, days, not weeks. Quote, in the wake of the overwhelming strike authorization vote, the employers repeatedly refuse to do what it will take to achieve a fair deal, Rapola wrote. Quote, 
Either they don't recognize what has changed in our industry and among our members, or they don't care, or both. The International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees has threatened to strike if the if the studios are unwilling to make significant improvements on a set of issues, including long hours and streaming, residual, and streaming residuals. A strike would send 60,000 film and TV workers to the picket lines and bring nearly all production across the country to a standstill. Um, and I'll say, like, we can stop there. Essentially, like, what they're looking for is better working conditions in terms of like hours that they work um, mandatory lunch breaks, mandatory lunch breaks and higher pay and higher pay and having their pensions tied back because their pensions were tied into box office sales, right? The traditional theatrical leases and which has been flipped on its head. Now that streaming is taken over, which was essentially what, um, damn, what's his name? I just forgot it. Inception. Um, Christopher Nolan, Christopher Nolan was saying in the beginning, and we didn't we didn't understand what he was saying. Yeah, when he was just like the streaming is bullshit and it's costing people a lot of money. Everybody's like, about oh, you're rich. And he was like, no, I'm talking about the crew. Yeah, what he what he was saying was that it, your their pensions are tied into the traditional box office sales and streaming numbers circumnavigate those and they don't get that money. Yeah, into their pension, which is absolute bullshit. Yeah, and um, what Netflix and other streaming platforms did for a long time was they classified. They said, hey, we're new media. Yeah, we, we are coming to the table as the new guys. We have to have these longer hours and lower pay deals to compete. Yeah, because we are heavily handicapped. Right. And now they are the norm. Like they are the big dogs. A hundred percent. I mean, all the big dogs are just they have Warner Brothers has HBO Max. Yeah. Disney has Disney Plus. Netflix is a giant. And yeah. I mean, the other big players are Amazon and Apple. Yeah. Like it's They're huge. It's They're the biggest companies. media companies in the world. Yeah. So. Um, and all the above the line people have been able to renegotiate successfully yeah. for more money off streaming, um, and for better hours. And, you know, they're, they're just, they're, they're abusing these workers and, uh, I'm, I'm happy as fuck that they're going to do this and I'm not going to watch a damn thing made during the strike. If they make anything, if they manage to make anything during the strike, I'm not watching it Yeah, straight up. I'm telling you that right now. I'll probably just have to get rid of my Netflix description. Yeah. I'll just say, fuck y'all. Be um, tough. I don't know. I got boy. I, well, I've been sailing them seas. But for real, fuck them. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's uh, it's cool to see a strike coming 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 to be. Like, I mean, the Kellogg's people did it, right? Kellogg's people did it, and then um, Amazon people keep trying. They keep trying, but Amazon strong, is strong in the mountain. I mean, like. Old school strong. Yeah. Like mob strong. The the Pinksters. Right? Yeah. The, the Pinkertons. Pinkertons. Yeah. The fucking Pinkertons. goddamn. I mix this Teamsters and the Pinkertons. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Hoffa and uh, whoever. Uh, the Pink Panther. And the Pink Panther. <laughs> I was going to say fucking whoever. Uh, yeah. Them. Waterworld, you know what I'm saying? Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner played in his last yeah. movie, the one where they just drive around in, in, in the 20s and look at maps. Man, I don't like Kevin Costner. <laughs> He's just like, y'all want to see a three-hour-long movie about something that would make like a moderately interesting 10-minute story? It was like a it was like an F, like an old-school FBI movie, which I'm starting to think like don't really work that well. I mean, like, there's huh. the Untouchables, which is great. But, like, you think about the last, like, the few, like, really big, like, 20s, 30s era, beginning of the FBI okay. movies where it's, like, there's the Johnny Depp one, and then there's this Kevin Costner one. Was Johnny Depp Donnie Brasco? Is that what you're talking about? No, not Donnie Brasco. It was, uh, 
It was, was like seventies or sixties. Yeah, no, this was like Tommy guns, like twenties, okay, okay. big suits. Um, it's so, it was so boring that I forgot the name of it. And then like Kevin Costner and I think Woody Harrelson were in this movie where they're like tracking down bank robbers or something. But like, Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. But really it was on Netflix. Yeah. But it really is just like, it them, was boring as fuck. It's just I, them driving around and looking at maps. It was boring as fuck. Yeah, dude. Like these old movies. <laughs> I don't think I finished it. Yeah. I mean like the untouchables, <clears throat> you want to do Al Capone? Let's do Al Capone. Yeah, man. But, but that's, that's a that, mob movie. That's not an and FBI movie. it was movie. like Seven Samurai. Yeah. So it was based on that classic story. Yeah. And it had it had good structure to it. There we go. That, that scene with them fucking uh that, that baby carriage bouncing down. Yeah. Yeah. And the baseball bat dinner scene. Yeah. And he, and, and he got Bobby D. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Yeah. yeah Touchable was good, but, but it is over long. It's it's too long and boring in parts. Yeah, for sure. It's not like a a perfect. Well, there's no perfect movie, but no. it, it's a good movie. But it you know it's it's got its flaws. Yeah, it's like that's the best of the best, and that came out in like the eighties. Now a dope movie, kind of that time is Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition is tight. Road to Perdition is tight because it's about a hitman. It's about a hitman, not the FBI. Yeah, I'm, now, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that you can make an FBI from that time period work, but you're gonna have to. It's got to be the story's got to be really interesting. Yeah. Got to be something like Road to Perdition where it's like, yeah, they they killed your family, bro. Oh, and the heavy hitters. Yeah, I mean, you got you got Tom Hanks. Yeah, at that, you know, right right off his peak in his peak. I mean, he still come through. Right, but he had like, yeah, he was on his peak, and you got Paul Newman. You got Paul in one of his at, last performances, right? And he does, you know, I mean, he is he's incomparable. The kid. Yeah, you got fucking Daniel Craig. Chewing it up. Yeah. Jude Law out there being creepy. Doing honestly what he was meant to do, which is this like character work, which Mm -hmm. is where I appreciate Jude Law the most. Yeah, me too. Like, God, Roger Perdition's good. Yeah, because it's like the the (laughs) shitty ass Daniel Craig like ends up, doesn't he like kill his family? He has, I think he has his His family killed. His his wife and his his other son. He has two sons. Because one son saw him doing some fuck shit. Yeah. And... Then he was like, oh, let me kill. But Tom Hanks was like the number one assassin. Yeah. Well, because like Daniel Craig Newman. was like a made guy. Well, Daniel Craig was this Paul Newman's son. Yeah. So he was like, he was made in the family. Yeah. And then like, but Tom Hanks wasn't, he was like an outside contractor, but they all like, he was like a he was successful and he'd done it for and many da- years. Daniel Craig had all that. He's a fuck up. He was a fuck up and he was jealous of Tom Hanks from the, from the get go because yeah. his dad liked Tom Hanks. And that's Road to Perdition. And that's Road to Perdition. <laughs> and then just, you just got to watch it for 100% for the final like scene with the streetlights. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole movie is The whole great, movie though. is dope. And Jude Law try a G and he shouldn't try a G. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. Speaking <laughs> of trying people for no so, fucking reason. Yahtzee. <laughs> yeah. to say? Is it Yahtzee? Yahtzee, I guess. Yeah, I've heard people. I see. I've heard. I've heard of that. I've heard Iatsi. Iatsi. No, it's Iatsi. You're right. Iatsi. I've heard. I've heard. But they have the thing about Iatsi is that they have an overwhelming amount of support from like above the line people. Yes. Because which I think this why this will be so successful. But that's also the the reason that I think this is such an important example is because there are so many people above the line that like would be if it were at a like a regular corporate entity, mm-hmm. the the people that are so willing to support these below the line workers would be like middle management and executive levels where you never would see this type of support right in a private company. Yeah. Never. But like, because it's gig based and like everybody, basically everybody who gets to be 
a technical, like above the line person had to start from like yeah. grubbing and griming. They know. They know. And they are supporting. And like the actors, a lot of actors are and, and directors are supporting them too because these people are super talented. They're like, yeah, your work is valuable and they literally can't do it without them. Yeah. Which is also true in private corporations, but there's just, there's a veil between, a veil, yeah. between the upper levels of management and the bottom levels of management where like on something like, like a, a, a film set, a film set where you're all working together to make something. It's so apparent that, and they've kind of done it to themselves in a way yeah. because they don't let anybody come in that doesn't have film experience because yeah. they've insulated themselves in that way. You've made your workers pretty much your, uh, you know, irreplaceable. Yeah. They, well, they've created like, you know, a, a strong, solid workforce yeah. of highly skilled people. But like, you can't have somebody off the street do this job. It's limited. You think 60,000 people. I mean, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, but it's also not that many not people. Not that many people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you, you really cannot have somebody off the street do this job. No. Like you can't, you just can't, you can't have somebody trying to rig lights it doesn't know doesn't have experience rigging lights over you know hundred thousand dollar cars and people trying to operate cameras yeah when the time is just burning money and like every day an actor is on set it's costing them so much money and yeah like, you you literally can't it it just it, it you'll go bankrupt a studio would go bankrupt if they try to do it with so we'll see what they do I hopefully they just cave in and uh, you know give in to their demands I hope they don't act like petty bitches. Yeah, they well, probably will. We'll see. We'll see. So, speaking of uh, acting like petty bitches from inside, from Business Insider, these are some petty little bitches, aren't they? These are some petty bitches right here, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> no House Republican voted to raise the U.S. debt ceiling. A ski. Look at Kevin McCarthy, bitch ass. <laughs> Liam Reigns. You can't park this, huh? Shut the fuck up, you cunt! All House Republicans who cast a vote voted against a bill on Tuesday that allowed for a two-month debt limit hike to stave off a default on the U.S.'s debt. The party line vote was 219 to 206 in the House. Six Republicans and one Democrat did not vote. House Republicans slammed it as a step that would unlock a wave of Democratic spending in the near future. The debt limit deals with the U.S.'s ability to pay its bills and doesn't authorize any fresh spending by Congress. The bill now heads to President Joe Biden's desk and will delay a showdown with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has said that Democrats need to raise the debt ceiling on their own through reconciliation in December. Quote, This is our debt. This is America's debt, Majority Leader uh, Steny Hoyer said on the House floor. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called out McConnell ahead of the vote, saying that he was playing, quote, Russian roulette with the economy. The U.S. Treasury Department had warned that the U.S. defaulting on its debt could have occurred within a week if Congress did not pass the stopgap resolution and sparked another recession as the economy climbed out of the pandemic. The measure staves off the risk of a default through early December, but a fresh political battle looms. McConnell is drawing a line in the sand against any Republican aid to limit the de- to lift the debt limit. Eleven Senate Republicans paved the way for the two-month extension to clear the upper chamber last week. "Quote: I will not be part of any future effort to mitigate the consequences of Democratic mismanagement." McConnell wrote in a scathing letter to Biden on Friday, quote, Your lieutenants on Capitol Hill now have the time they claimed they lacked 
to address the debt ceiling, he said, not sounding in any way like the Trade Federation aliens from the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> McConnell argued Democrats must employ the arduous reconciliation procedure to approve a debt limit hike unilaterally to save the same demand he's made since July. The process allows for some measures to be passed with only a simple majority, shielding it from the filibuster's 60 vote threshold in the Senate. There's no reason to do this. <laughs> Why the fuck would you do this? He literally is just like stomping his feet and saying, fuck y'all. If y'all won't be in charge, then y'all won't y'all be in charge then. And we're not going to help none. <laughs> You want to do, you want to do what you want to raise the debt ceiling that we literally have to do to avoid a global economic recession. <laughs> we have to do that. It's mandatory, right? Like if we don't, we just default on our debt and uh, we're fucked. And our debt's so big that it would the shockwave it would uh, it would cause would be <laughs> yeah. enormous. It's like it's like there's there's and there's no downside to it. Nobody cares yeah. about li lifting the debt ceiling. There's no voter in Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or fucking like Michigan who's like, oh well, uh, in the in the first year of the Biden presidency, it seems that ten Republicans voted to lift the <clears throat> debt ceiling, which had to happen anyway. It's, yeah, it's like a mandatory thing. <laughs> yeah, right. it's like that's how Congress can spend money too. Yeah, well, they're and they're like, it's just gonna. It's, they're just trying to link it to the Build Back Better bill somehow, which right. it has nothing to fucking do with it. Like, they're. You think that's gonna get passed? By the way, I don't know. It depends on fucking. Joe Manchin and Kirsten literally two Democrats. I've liked some things that I've read about it. it does, so everybody <laughs> always talks about the price tag and they don't talk about what's actually in it. In it, which yeah. is like it's like basically Biden's entire like economic agenda. Yeah, <laughs> like it's we're talking about, like, <laughs> we're talking about tax breaks for the middle class. Yeah, which, child tax credits, child tax credits, climate change. <laughs> uh, isn't there <clears throat> subsidies for child care too? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like all the, the sounds roads like really good things. It's what the government is supposed to do. They're supposed yeah. to facilitate like growing the infrastructure of America and make it easier to live here. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but this isn't even about that. This is just there. McConnell's like, y'all have to do it. And if y'all don't do it, <laughs> then I won't be affected and it'll look really terrible and I'll just pass the buck. Right. Like when I, I do. It's like, it's like when they can't like fucking no, like it, it's when, when, like when they passed the fucking stimulus bills and zero Republicans were on board, they fought tooth and nail for it not to happen. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's like, well, Biden owes me $2,000. Like, and Donald Trump's name's going to go on those checks, even though his entire party fucking <laughs> did everything that yeah. they could for to have it not happen because they hate you. Yeah. <laughs> they, they resent you for being poor. Like, and even you, Jimmy, who runs the Papa John's and makes $60,000 a year, yeah. you're still, they think you're poor. They think you're very poor. They think you're not shit. Yeah. So like, I know everybody, whenever I say, I feel like I've, I've done a kind of, <laughs> A, a disservice by saying like poor, poor because you're, you're, it's not accurate. It's relative. It's relative. Yeah. It, to somebody who has a net worth, like Mitch McConnell's worth like fucking $300 million. Yeah, he's an, un, he's the most wealthy uh, congressman. If you're sitting and make, if you're or, a, or one of the wealthiest, if you're like a software engineer making 70 K a year, Mitch McConnell thinks that you don't, you're, you're, you're making peanuts. Mm -hmm. Like if you own a small business and you take in 130 grand a year, that's nothing to Mitch McConnell. Yeah. He's like, what, how do you, 
who who treats your skin to keep it from looking like it's melting all the time? That's a hundred thousand dollars a month. <laughs> who pumps the blood of children into your balls <laughs> yeah. so that you can have sex with your wife? This is just so fucking dumb. But it's classic McConnell. He's just like, what I want to do is fight as hard as I can to not do anything. And then when we get in power, I want to pass tax cuts and that's it. That's what he does. Yeah. yeah. That's that's his whole game plan. It's like because I love America, but I hate the government and its people. Yeah. I love the rich white people in America. Yeah. I tolerate the white women. I love the white men. <laughs> I, I mean, he's too he's past the point of of having sex. So he's just all about that money and power. Yeah. Yeah. At yeah. this point. So that's he's just like, I don't care about women that much. Yeah, this is just, it's just such a weak flex. He's it is crazy to me though that you can serve in Congress with a net worth of above like ten million. Because you just have so many interests it's inexorably with that much money. Yeah. Like you, it just naturally unfolds in such a way. Can you fairly represent people who aren't like you? Because you, you, you just can't because that money just goes into too many veins. It just goes out in too many directions. And there's no way that decisions aren't coming up all the time that have that directly affect your interests. Yeah. And that will personally affect you. Like it's, yeah, I don't get it, but you know, Four people, buy people. Yeah, four people, buy people. Can't can't <laughs> can't run a political campaign without millions of fucking dollars. Rich so. people aren't. Rich people are still people, even though they have a hard time acting like it a lot of times. Um, <laughs> so Blake, you left, and the tone of this show has just gotten <laughs> so neo-communist. We're gonna go full commie pretty soon, Blake. You're just gonna be rolling around up there. I think his tune might have shifted a little bit. <laughs> You think he might be on our side? I think he might be a little bit. He did. He did say that Bernie quote I did all those years ago. Yeah. When I was like, Bernie Sanders is trying to help you, and he <laughs> like screamed, "I don't need his help." And yeah. he was like, "I, I do, I do." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Like, now I, I want it though. I want it though. <laughs> Bernie's like, "It's too late." <laughs> Ship is sailing. It's just like, oh, like where? What's going on with you? It's like, oh. The, it just reminds me of the AOC meme where they replaced the tax the rich thing on her dress with like, we should improve society somewhat. And then the troll pops out of the well and he's like, let you, let you participate in society. <laughs> Curious. <laughs> I am very intelligent. <laughs> She's like, where are y'all at right yeah. now? Yeah. What y'all doing? Y'all saying the same dumb ass shit. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> do we want to do we want to get into salt? <laughs> it's pretty boring, but we can talk about it. Let's talk about salt for a second. From NBC <laughs> News, new FDA guidance aims to drastically cut salt in food supply. Outrageous! I'll take Blake's Blake's stance on this. Although Blake may be healthier now, I haven't talked to him. He sent me a damn TikTok the other day. I need to talk to him for real. Yeah, I need to talk to him for real too. We need to get him back on the show. Probably. Yeah, let's try to see if next week he can get back on the show. We got to have call him. him in. We got to call him in. For all we know, Blake still lives in Macon. You're right. He we don't have any proof. All my my entire correspondence with him over the past like three four weeks has just been sending like he sent me a TikTok or a cringe. Yeah, he'll Reddit. send me he'll send me cringe stuff and I'll send him TikToks. I'm gonna send him something wild. Let's get it. I'm gonna send him cat buttholes. <laughs> I'm going to. Is there an R slash cat buttholes? I bet there is. Yeah. <sighs> I'm gonna send him the clown hoe. Oh yeah 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 clown hoe. I don't know actually what that is. It's uh it's it's a this this gay guy who who does his uh a what? Does he's a gay guy who <laughs> makes You said it so fast. A, a gay guy. Yeah. A gay guy. A gay guy who um who 
puts clown makeup on and posts like thirst traps. I don't know. Aaron gets him and sends him to me that he's, he's what I got from him though was so funny because he, <laughs> he was filming, I guess it's his boyfriend or just somebody who was in his house. Like as a guy, I think it's a boyfriend, but like the, he was filming them from outside their window. Yeah. And the guy was just eating Cheez-Its and then like, He's narrating it like it's a fucking nature documentary. He's like, ah, eating the Cheez-Its, David. And then he's like, grabs a, a thing of chocolate frosting. He's like, ah, frosting. Yes, yeah, sniff it to make sure it's still good. <laughs> oh. And then like, he's like, ah, we're going to try to dip the Cheez-It in the frosting. Try it. Is it good? <laughs> and the, guy, the guy's so animated who's, who's eating. He just like, he eats it and then he just starts like shaking his head. No. He's like, no, it's not good, David. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. But anyway, uh, yeah, the FDA, Liam, Liam Reed. <laughs> Quick note, I think I misgendered the dude who was, the, or the, the person who was doing the eating because he referred to them as they in the video. I'm just remembering that now. Okay. So my B. No. <laughs> there is no apology. That's my B. It's no, you are now outcast. <laughs> you can, can hang out on r slash conservative <laughs> and that's it. All right. It's there's no forgiveness. It's my punishment. I'll do my time. All right. You accept. Blame Reese. When I was 12 years old, I won a spaniel puppy for 50 cents, and my favorite color is green. The Food and Drug Administration is asking food manufacturers and restaurants to cut the salt in their products over the coming two and a half years, hoping to reduce Americans' overall sodium intake by 12%. The sweeping recommendation, announced Wednesday, is expected to cover a wide variety of foods, from chain restaurant meals to processed food on grocery store shelves and even baby food. Baby food, in addition to food. <laughs> Quote, what we'd like to see <laughs> is the food industry gradually lower the sodium content in the most common foods, Dr. Janet Woodcock, the acting FDA commissioner, told NBC News. The goal, Woodcock said, is to slash rates of heart disease, the country's number one killer. Reducing sodium in the diet ultimately, quote, would have a major impact on hypertension, heart disease, and stroke, she said. Current dietary guidelines recommend that adults consume no more than 2,300 milligrams of sodium per day. That equates to about one teaspoon of table, table salt. <laughs> one paper tune of table salt. <laughs> am I trying to put peas in everything <laughs> yeah. today? But the average person in the U.S. consumes about 3,400 milligrams of sodium a day, according to the FDA. The majority of that comes from processed foods, not table salt. Quote, we recognize that cutting down on sodium in your diet is hard to do on your own because about 70% of the sodium we eat comes from processed, packaged, and prepared foods. Susan Main, director of the FDA Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition, said on a media call Wednesday. A media call? Okay. Uh... The new recommendations aim to cut the average salt intake by 12%, down to 3,000 milligrams a day, Woodcock said. That is the equivalent of consuming 60 fewer teaspoons of salt a year. While the goal wouldn't reach the recommended daily intake of 2,300 milligrams of sodium, outside experts said the guidance is a good first step to address high blood pressure, which affects nearly half of all U.S. adults. Wednesday's action finalizes interim guidance the agency issued in 2016 about the amount of salt companies should add to food. The food industry largely ignored the guidance. 
The new recommendations are non-binding, meaning companies aren't required to make such reductions. Woodcock said the FDA will watch the industry carefully over the coming years, rewarding companies that comply. It was unclear Wednesday what the rewards would be, and Woodcock did not say that whether the FDA would take any action against companies that do not lower sodium. Salt and fat. Yeah. That's what people like. <laughs> Go down here and tell me, are these the tiniest, fr- oh, up, up. are these the tiniest little french fries of all time? Like they, <laughs> those are some steak and shake french fries. They, sure. I hate those fries. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, there, there is a thin, you can cut fries thin enough to where I'm like, I'm not fucking with that. I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out. That's some bullshit because I got a grip. Like I always double fry anyway because yeah. I just love french fries, but yeah. like that's too many french fries. Well, I, I just I mean they're too little. I feel weird grabbing. I, I don't want a pile of them because then it, it fucks up your ketchup dip. Oh yeah. Well That's my what, my fingers are in the ketchup at that point. Like I'm just in ketchup. You're either getting your sucking f- fingers off sucking ketchup off my fingers. Sucking fingers off. My ketchup. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> just in there getting like real sexual. <laughs> you're uh yeah, I, I just you're either getting your fingers into the ketchup or you're you're it's it's like you're running a fork through it and you're not getting enough coverage. Yeah. If your fingers are far I hate, enough away. I hate eating french fries with a fork. Yeah. Because you basically have to just stab a fork in there and then just like yeah. slap them around in some ketchup. It's like they're designed to be eaten like covered in like a cheese sauce or something, yes. which is fine, but like yeah. I'm not always trying to do that. That's a lot. That's a lot. Cheese sauce on fries is a lot. And honestly, I remember what one time we that's gonna fuck me up later too. The last time, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, I mean night night. If you're at a place, <laughs> yeah, if you're at a place like Steak and Shake yeah. with the tiny fries, then you're already yeah. like you're you've signed up for some hurt. Oh yeah, but we'll feel some pain. We uh we went to me and Aaron went to Johnny Rockets the last one of the last times we were in Atlanta like like towards the end of last year. I've never been there. It's it's fun. It's like a fifty style like heard about diner. It. It's mm-hmm. and they do like burgers, milkshakes. It's all well and good. Okay, but they had tots. And I was like, hell yeah, I fucking love tots. Hell yeah. And they had, they were like, we have cheese tots. I was like, oh. Hey, fuck with you. Well, I fuck with you. I, I do believe I'll treat myself. Is that cheese curd tots? They're awful. No, it's just. They like, were awful? It was cheese sauce. I was like eating around the sauce. It just, it just doesn't belong. Uh-uh. It doesn't belong. Now, cheese curds, we talk, we get into poutine territory. Now we, we working with something. That's a different story. That's a that's that's for gourmands. Yeah, that's that real shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> gourmands. <laughs> that's for that's for true. That's true for real OGs. Ones. Yeah, only Canucks know. Yeah, only real Canucks know. <laughs> I've had poutine. It it wasn't. Uh, I don't know if it was as good as they make it in Canada, but I've had it. It's good. There was a place in China that had it. Oh yeah, it was a little restaurant that had like burgers and uh, poutine. Fuck yeah, they use cheese curds. Yeah, cheese curds are the way with gravy. Yeah, and I was like, this shit fire, and. In Canada, also, I mean, like poutine aside, it's just it's it's fairly common practice to just get a side of gravy with your fries to dip them in. I think gravy on fries is fucking great. Yeah, gravy on fries is the way. I don't think it's better than chili on fries. Like, I still think you can make like if you go to like a new way. Yeah, like their chili cheese fries, I would put up against some poutine. Yeah, and I say this is a comparable thing. Yeah, but it's it's chili that's made to go on like dogs and fries. It's not like the chili I make. No. With like tomatoes and like beans and stuff. Like I like the chili where it's basically just very thinly fine ground beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And chili spices cooked in like a stew. Yeah, it's essentially like a meat sauce yeah. rather than a chili. It's like not well, it's, even apparently that's the real chili, like the origin of chili from Texas is that way. But like the yeah. chili that we make, yeah, you know, with like you know, I put in Nutella, yeah, like, <laughs> like crushed tomatoes and all that. Yeah. You know, with that that's. 
that is not as good as probably gravy is because no. it probably doesn't stick to the fries as well. Yeah. Well, and there's just too much other stuff going on. Yeah, that's too much other shit. Yeah. You've, you've introduced too many like textural and and and, and flavorful things. So. I think New Way is just meat and beans. I think pretty much. I think they're kind of light on the beans, honestly. I think they're pretty light on the beans. It's yeah. mainly just like it's like a meat sauce with tons of grease. Yeah. I mean, there the grease is coming. It's coming off. Yeah. But with the poutine, you know, you get the the cheese. The cheese curds really set it off to yeah. me. The cheese yeah, curds, I'll just, this article talking about salt. I'm like, just talking about salt. What I'm talking about is, is poutine. some salty is, ass is fucking. How, is how good poutine is yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, good. I, I'm glad for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, now, hold on. Let me know. Let me switch and take Blake's stance. Like, if I want to die <laughs> with heart disease when I'm 40, that's my God-given right. <laughs> I mean, I do agree with their point that, like, it's just hard to even buy ingredients right. that are low in sodium. Yeah. Like, you really have to go out of your way to find shit that's low in sodium. You shouldn't have to be such a, like, conscientious shopper. Yeah, because, I mean, if everything is, especially things that are cheap to buy, are, like, high in sodium, like, cholesterol bombs of, like, processed cheese and meat that are just going to... Like like instant potatoes all gratin or something. I bet that shit has tons. So, oh of yeah, anything that's got like a ton of like cheesy content or like a ton of meat, like or you know, even mushroom soup that has a ton of sodium in it. Oh yeah, and I, I love that shit. Fuck it, yeah, it's true. It's all just, that kind of canned shit usually has a lot of sodium. Anything in it. preserved usually has a super high salt content, and yeah, it's just you could cut it down. I think you could cut it down. I bet you could. I bet you could. I mean, like, I mean, cool, man. Cut it down. Protect my heart. I'm trying to live. Baby. I'm trying to live, baby. <laughs> I love my life. Yeah, I'm to stretch this thing out. What's going on? <laughs> I'm going to outlive Mitch McConnell. That's what I promised myself. I'm going to outlive that much. Huh? Shut the fuck up, you cut. <laughs> I'm trying to outlive Mitch McConnell, bitch ass. That. That's what I, that's what all I have to say to Mitch McConnell. And that is the second <laughs> half of that. I can, I can all part. They all leave. Part. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You taught us. <laughs> I hate that motherfucker. But yeah, cool. And it, and and just to ease the Blakes of the world, they're not forcing companies to do this. They are mm-hmm. offering incentives if they do. Those buttholes do tend to get tight whenever they're yeah. just like, we're just recommending. They're like, freedom. They're just like, no, we'll just incentivize Calm it. Down. Calm down. It's it's okay. It's okay. Like, but you do you got. Hypertension. It's they like, they, they, they had on. tons of tea. They were about to dump it to a harbor somewhere. <laughs> they were just like, you motherfucker. <laughs> There's all soy. It's just yeah. all soybeans. It's all now. soybeans. Now. Yeah, just, <laughs> they're just going buying crates of soybeans and throwing in them like you paid for them. <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't throw. You didn't steal them. <laughs> oh fuck's sake. Well, that's good for this episode. Yeah, this has been tap snaps. Um, everything is everything. Everything is everything, you know. And all, all, all the joy of my world is in Zion. There you go. Big ups, Lauren Hill. Yeah, <laughs> always, always. Bye bye. <laughs>